Welcome to Unspoken, the podcast that highlights experiences that are all too common but very rarely discussed. I am Dr. Cloda Campbell, the wellness psychologist, and I feel very passionately about speaking the unspoken to remove the taboo and shame that so often surrounds our experiences and internal worlds. For each episode of Unspoken, I am joined by someone who would like to uncover their unspoken with us in order to help themselves, but also in order to help others. I really hope that you enjoy today's episode and that you take something from it. Today's podcast is very proudly sponsored by my absolute favourite Irish skincare brand, Ella and Joe Cosmetics. With formulas that are powered by plants and backed by science, Ella and Joe are dedicated to creating high quality, luxurious skincare products that actually deliver results and that create magic moments in your day. Whether your skin is dry, dull, or just in need of a pick-me-up, the Ella and Joe range will put the joy back into your skincare routine. Find your skin confidence again by shopping Ella and Joe's beautiful products on ellaandjoe.ie using discount code UNSPOKEN for 15% off. Today, I am joined by Neve Cullen, who has very bravely agreed to share her Unspoken with us. Neve's story centres around navigating a conflict she never imagined she would have to and the legal proceedings that followed. We talk about the impact an experience like this can have on you and how dark and hopeless life felt for Neve when her whole world crumbled alongside this conflict and the battle that ensued. Conversations don't get more real or more honest than today's and Neve very bravely voices an experience that is so common for so many yet so rarely discussed. Neve, welcome to Unspoken. I'm thrilled to have you join me today. Thank you so much for having me. It seems like such a nice um, space to come on, even like the sound of your voice is so uh, safe and gentle. So it's so lovely to come on to a space where it's very safe, I guess, to share my story. Um, yeah, so thank you. Take us back to what life was like before your Unspoken even really began. I think it was like, I suppose you could say, uh, BC, what I say before COVID. <laughs> um, everything BC before COVID. I know COVID, uh, a lot of people found COVID quite difficult. And I was definitely one of those people. But before COVID, I guess I would have lived a very kind of normal life. There was definitely some challenges at times. I was in a long-term relationship and would have bought a he- would have bought a house with that person. We were living there and then the relationship fell apart and that was really, really difficult. And there was a lot of difficulties there, you know, as I'm sure anyone who goes through a bit of a tough, toxic breakup, they're very, I feel like they're, they're trauma, like they can be quite yeah. traumatic for people. But, um, and then I know one of my family members really close to me suffers with their mental health. And I suppose before COVID, I lived a very fun, um, I guess, happy life. Apart from facing with, you know, some challenges like anyone does, very, you know, outgoing, upbeat. I still am. I'm yeah. there again. But I would have been a very, you know, carefree, um, live, laugh, love kind mm-hmm. of gal. Um, and yeah, I just really lived life to the fullest. I loved going out. I loved being with my friends. I'm, you know, I was the picture, I suppose, the poster child of what a balanced life would look like. You know, I'd go out to my friends, go to festivals, but then be up in the morning for hikes and walks and making it to the gym. Yeah. So 
that was really my life and I, I guess um, a big part of my life would be present on Instagram and I guess how it all started was you know on Snapchat was a big thing back in 2016, 17 and I think for me I really enjoyed that because still to this day I feel like I'm just sharing you know my journey, my journey on Instagram and at the time on Snapchat and I just feel like I just have this great big girl gang and in you know that journey over the past few years during COVID and before COVID I would have always been very open about you know my anxious days my up and down days and I think that was something that you know the girls who followed me really I suppose liked about me because I was always quite honest about you know up and down days I was quite quite honest and raw about you know my breakups and it's funny um when I talk about you know those anxious days you know before COVID um I used to kind of class myself as like sort of an anxious person but after doing a lot of therapy I realized I was just kind of subjected to you know people and situations and relationships that just made me feel anxious and then when I got out of that I realized I actually wasn't an anxious person it was just a situation that I was in and a relationship that I was in that was making me feel you know anxious um but yeah I guess the last two years um were really really difficult and the one thing that I found really really hard like I mentioned was I used to always be so open and I'd share everything with you know the girls who watched me online they know all about my good days and they equally know all about my bad days too I think with COVID then I noticed you know I feel like everyone can you know relate to COVID and I was only actually talking to a friend of mine I was getting my nails done yesterday and we both had a similar kind of experience we both needed to go on we both needed to go on antidepressants and we, I remember both of us speaking about it at the time and she's off them now um, and I'm off them now and we were just chatting about, you know, how much we're, you know, growing and getting better. And the one thing that she said, she was just like, oh, but just wasn't COVID so hard. I feel like COVID set a lot of people back. And I was just like, you're so right. Um, and she said, you know, she, she still feels that, so she works in a salon and she even feels like her clients are you know not the way they used to be people are people are quite impatient and there's no real stop to talk and you know she thinks there's like been a bit of a shift with COVID and um the urgency is back yeah the urgency is back and it's just all a bit manic and while she had me thinking she got me thinking of that just yesterday it really goes into my journey as well of how while the while two years were really really bad, and we'll get into that, that I went into a very bad depressive state. The beginning of that actually kind of started in COVID, of me feeling um, I'll never forget it. It was coming into like the winter of 2021, and it was a really really dark winter. It was the COVID just before uh, Christmas time, and everything was in lockdown again. And I had moved over to the north side of Dublin, and I'm originally from the south side, so I had no real friends and family around me. Me, myself and Jamie shared a car and he would often get up and go to work in his mum and dad's house. So it was like him getting up to go to work. And in those moments, I was actually in that time, I was in the process of setting up a business. But then I was going through this really lonely, isolating, scary stage of, you know, not seeing friends and family. I was kind of left to my own devices and going from a person 
BC, like before COVID, that would have been going out all the time. I would see friends very frequently. You know, there was a time in 2019, 2018, 2017, I wouldn't be on my own for, you know, more. Like I would never be like maybe two hours or three hours I'd be on my own for and then I'd be meeting someone or work would be so busy. So it was such, I kind of feel like having that conversation yesterday with one of my friends really made me realize that that was actually the beginning of myself kind of feeling kind of sad and lonely um, and definitely COVID had a part to that and I feel like everyone can relate um, it was such a scary time even thinking back of us when we all had to wear masks and be two meters apart and not being able to hug like it was such a and I'm such a huggy person and um, I'm such a person with like touch and feel and you know yeah. that's like my love language I love hugs I love when I'm talking to someone you'll see me touching their arm that's like just me really engaging with you know, my friends and family and anyone really. So I think that was like the beginning of it. And like I said there, I was setting up um, a business and this was a business that I had in the back of my heart for, you know, I'd say about two years. Um, I'm a fitness instructor, I'm a qualified PT. And while I shared my exercise exercise uh, videos on online and shared my recipes, I decided to put it all in one kind of format, um, an online place where people could go and they'd make it would make their Monday Mondays easier that they could log on to this platform and everything could be there. You know, workouts, Pilates, yoga, they could just sign on and it was all there for them. And hopefully it would make their Monday, you know, that little bit better. So I suppose... I was really excited about this. It was getting me out of that, you know, awful kind of low ebb slug that I was in, you know, with COVID and we were coming into 2022. And so I had a business um, with a friend. And unfortunately, although I loved what I was doing every day, I was waking up every day at 6 a.m. to teach live classes three times a day, creating recipes, creating this online community of girls who followed me on Snapchat over the days that they could come on and I created a WhatsApp group and it was just like this lovely, lovely place for me and I just felt so fulfilled waking up every day and it was making me feel better because yeah. I was also feeling how so many people were feeling. I was like, come on and join me. I'm going to blare the tunes. We're going to dance to the beat. We're going to get fit together. And while I enjoyed that so much, there was a huge other area of toxicity going on within the business and the business unfortunately had to end and it didn't end very amicably it ended very abruptly in the end and it went down a very long toxic legal route and thankfully it's just over now which is great but the results I suppose the journey which was two years of all that going on put me into a very deep depressive state and while I felt like I was only coming out of um COVID and you know the winter of 2021 and only feeling like I was you know I'm getting back to myself I I find a little bit of self-purpose again you know I can do this it was quickly just taken away from me and gone and the one thing that hurt me the most was I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell the people who followed me for years, who knew I was such this open book person. I had these people then being like, what's going on? Are you lazy or are you not? Or have you changed? This is not like you. It was, 
a different person online because I wasn't coming on to chat anymore. Could you even announce that the business was closing? Um, yeah, like we, I did, we did. Uh, we had said that we were going to, because in my heart, I thought I was going to set up a new business. I just thought I could end this, finish this off. Didn't work out, that's fine. Yeah. I'll set up a new one. But unfortunately, it just didn't work out that way. So there was just this very, almost, it was just this very toxic, weird situation that I didn't know what was going on. I I knew I couldn't set up a new business. And then I had kind of said, oh, I'm just going to do a bit of a like rename, a rebrand and I'd be back again. And then there was no rename and rebrand. And these people were like, well, where is it then? And then I couldn't talk about it because it got so deep into legalities and it was a very lonely kind of time especially because like I said like I would always be such an open person and I felt like I was letting a lot of people on Instagram down who follow it was like I don't I don't even call them my followers I feel like they're just one big girl gang yeah and I felt I was letting them down people you know I was getting so many private messages and it was just like eating me up but unfortunately like I just couldn't do anything about it and yeah the result of all that happening was me going into a really really depressive state it was a really dark time um for anyone who's ever suffered with depression or have has gone into a depressive state will know that it's an extremely lonely place um you you're very much although you think you want support and you can ask for support the early days I found of depression is that you isolate yourself off and I was in such I was in such denial like I just didn't want to believe that I was this sad and this stressed and this anxious and you almost like tell yourself so much that you're not sad and you're not anxious and you're actually not allowing yourself to be how you're meant to be I wasn't allowed I wasn't allowing myself feel the way I was meant to feel I was grieving relationships I was grieving a business that I loved yeah I was hurt I was you know so obsessed and again all these feelings and emotions and and it's funny when I look back to that time and I've done so much therapy I had a lot of like little inside wounds that you know were very they weren't very poked over a couple of years because I was in a very loving relationship and I suppose those wounds that I had before of those like lack of self-worth so like back when I probably would have came out of that long-term relationship I would have felt a huge lack of self-worth because I didn't feel good enough for someone because I didn't understand why someone would say things to me or treat me a certain way. But then again, that wound was kind of, you know, pushed down because I was moving on with my life and there was a wound there of, you know, not trusting someone. And I felt like, you know, there was a part there where there was just a huge lack of trust and that wound that I had years ago was poked again so Mm. all these triggers were happening and I wasn't aware of these triggers I didn't know these were triggers until I've done so much therapy now but while I was in this depressive state and 
on and off phone to my solicitor and you know not being able to come on on Instagram and then that became me just not working at all and ended up just sitting in my room not wanting to leave my room so Um, from the person you said that never went two to three hours without being somebody to being isolated in your room not working not working isolated there was a time where Jamie was like Neve when did sorry Jamie's my fiance he's like when have you last left the house and I was like I don't know I was like Jamie I don't know I don't want to leave the house he's like well you have to Mm. I was like but I I I can't I just want to just sit in my bed and I this terrible hat like habit came in where I wouldn't sleep all night and I'd sleep till one and then I'd get up and I'd like binge eat and then I'd stay awake again it just came like this toxic 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 circle and I was just so sad and I was just like why am I sad I don't want to be sad how can I be better and then the more and more you spend alone and you don't talk to other people that negative self-talk just endlessly 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 tells you that you're not good enough this is meant to happen to you sure but like you're not enough like you're worthless like you you're a fraud you don't even do exercise anymore you know when's the last time you went to the gym and it was like that toxic person in my mind and I was like I started to believe that voice I started to believe that I was this fraud that voice is so believable yeah, isn't it it's so believable and I started yeah. to believe what these people were telling me I was and a liar and all this thing and I started to believe it and I started to go down a really really dark dark space where I couldn't even tell my friends how bad I was I couldn't even tell Jamie how bad I was until there was a day where I went out for a walk and I'd never ever dream about taking my own life I would never would I remember going for a walk and I said I don't want to be here anymore like I don't want to be here I'm not working there's financial huge financial struggles over my head I don't know when it's gonna end like what am I doing I just don't want to be here and when you're in the depressive state and you're telling yourself like you can't stop I couldn't stop the voice telling me that I was worthless and I wasn't enough until like I you know I was going to therapy and thank god I did therapy weekly but therapy even then was only getting me through a couple of days and I'd still you know something would come up in the legalities or I'd go on Instagram and everyone was living a happy life and I wasn't and I'd be brought back to like my reality which was a really really horrible dark place and when you start comparing yourself to other people oh, then it's that negative voice yeah it's just self-sabotage and I was self-sabotaging and it was then when I came home from the walk and Jamie came in from work and he could see I was rattled and he was like I think you should go over and get a treatment for my mom and the treatment she's an acupuncturist she's like I think you should go over and get some acupuncture 
And when we were on our way over in the car, I just burst into tears again. He was like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't want to be here. And he got a bit of a fright. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't want to do anything. But I just, Jamie, I don't want to be here. Like, everything is so hard. Why is it this hard? I want to be happy. Like, you're great. And I couldn't for you. Like, I'm such a crap girlfriend. I'm a crap friend. I don't want to go anywhere anymore. When I do go out, everybody knows I'm not present because my friends would be like if you need to mind yourself you can tell you're not yourself like lights on nobody's home like there's just a glass look in your eyes and this isn't you and I'm like no no I'm fine I'm fine let's give you an example like I went to Paris with my friends and what I thought I was having like a coughing fit it was I got really really horrible scary news but when this was when all the legal stuff was going on it turned out fine in the end but at the time it was scary I was getting on the plane and I thought I was having a coughing fit and my friend was like maybe having a panic attack and I was like I'm not I'm not I'm not like just my throat is sore I'm not well I've I felt this coming down I felt sick she was like Neve, you're having a panic attack you're you're this is this is not you come on and I was like and unfortunately, I had to spend the first night in Paris in bed because my friends would put me to bed. They were like, you're not coming out. <laughs> now, one of them kind of stayed with me. And then I was like, don't stay here with me. Go on out. I'm fine. Yeah. But yeah, um, I suppose it just it, it was just really, really bad. And all my friends could tell. And then I ended up going over to Jamie's mom and she said, look, I think you need extra help. And I think, you know, it's like taking iron when, you you know, it's like taking an iron supplement when you're low on iron. You need just you need something for you right now, and I did. Um, I went on medication for, I'd say nearly eight months, and then I just made the decision to myself uh, to come off them there a couple of months ago, and I'm off them now. I think six months. Um, and it was my own personal choice. I would, for, I'd, I'm, I'm not against them. If anyone you know feels like they need them, I would definitely talk to your GP they're there for you know to help people in situations like this and um, what was it like opening up to Jamie and Jamie's mom and then the GP after yeah. keeping it to yourself for so long um they so everyone kind of knew what was going on but I think they everyone I could on reflection now that I'm able to look at it with clearer eyes everyone was tiptoeing around me because I'd be up and down and like my ups be really high and they'd be like once every two weeks or three weeks maybe it, it would depend and my lows were so low like there was no in between and I think that's what happens when you suffer with depression and when you're going through a really depressive state that like you'll have like these sometimes these oh I'm fine today I'm great everything's wonderful oh I'll be fine and then straight away you're like back into like this you know this really low space so I think they all kind of knew what was going on but when I finally opened up to be like I'm really struggling like and I was explaining you know how I felt and the thoughts kind of going through my head and that negative self-talk it actually felt very freeing it felt and I think as well I would have probably had a stigma around going on medication because I would have had close family members who would have been on on and off medication or on medication their whole life and it was only my own personal stigma and then when I look at it it was so silly for me to have this but also felt so freeing and going to the GP I felt so supported being like are you joking like why have you not come to me sooner why have you why are you on your own sitting there struggling 
But how long was it at that point? Struggling by myself? Yeah. Oh, easily six months, like even longer. It's when a really I look, long time. It's a really long time. So when the doctor said, um, why haven't you come to me sooner? And it really made me think after that. I was, I think I said at the time, I was like, oh, I don't know. I've just been really obsessed. And now that I think about it, why did I not come to, you know, why did I not come sooner? Is because I wasn't surrendering to how I was actually feeling. I was so, it was so, that feeling of feeling this way was so foreign. I'd never felt that low before. And I was so in denial of so much stress, hurt, upset that I was like, this isn't a real, this can't be real. I'm not feeling this way. So I'm not actually going to allow myself to feel this way. I think when you feel so worthless as well, Mm. it can be really hard to ask for help or to believe like you're worthy of help and support or like people will care enough about you to stand by you when you admit everything that you've been keeping beneath the the covers yeah yeah I think so and I think I suppose for anyone's listening who you know has been in a dark place or who is in a dark place now I want you to imagine you know your friend or little you sitting in front of you and they're telling you exactly how you're feeling And what would you say to them? And I remember there were so many times that I used to think that like little me is in front of me now and she's so obsessed or my best friend is in front of me. And so my best friend is telling me that she's worthless and she isn't enough. And what would I say to her? I'd be like, no, you're not. You're so enough. Mm -hmm. Why are you telling yourself that you shouldn't tell yourself that? And I remember that kind of even still today, I still have moments of those self, you know, those self negative self talk. And I do think sometimes it comes with the job that I'm in. And I'm such an empath and I'd be quite sensitive. So if I piss someone off online, I'm a bit like, oh God, sorry. And sometimes I get really worked up over that. And I think it can be really important to come back to that part when you're feeling really, really sad to be like, but don't be sad. Like, you, you know, okay, if you need to be sad, be sad, but like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's listening know that you know, I was there and it's so fucking shit. I'm sorry for cursing, but it's so shit. And I feel you and I'm here for you and you don't need to go through this alone. And if you are listening to this and you think, you know, you were a bit like myself in denial, please surrender. It's okay. There's help there. You are not meant to wake up every day feeling stressed, upset and sad and worthless. That's not what life is for. You know, you're meant to be waking up and although, you know, naturally you'll have your down days, you know, your period will come, you'll be really stressful in work, you may have a huge fight with a friend or a boyfriend, you know, all those natural kind of things that may happen. But for you to be getting up every day and just to be feeling internally worthless and crap and anxious, you shouldn't feel that way and it's it can be really lonely because it's just you and your thoughts and it can be quite isolating because it's just you feeling this way. But I felt that way and I'm still healing from it and know that you it's so important to ask for help. It's so important to just feel supported. Even if you don't have a close group of friends or you're not close with your family, there's so many other people that can support you there, you know. There's so many, you know, 
there's counselling services, there's places that you can call, like you don't have to do this on your own and sometimes you just need someone to tell you that, you know, you're going to be okay and if you're listening, I'm telling you, you're going to be okay. It's not a quick fix, it's not a quick road but let me tell you, it does get better and it will get better. I know it will because I thought I was never going to come out of this. I can't even begin to imagine what navigating that legal yeah. conflict and that legal process was, was like. Yeah. I was so... I can hear how scary that was and how alone you felt in it. It was just so, I suppose when you're constantly being gaslit, you're constantly being told that you're this certain person that you're not. And then when you go into that depressive state and you're that negative self-stark, you start to believe you're that person. But I don't know whether if I have any advice to give on that, but more so just to just come back to the true you and know that I'm not that person. I haven't, you know, I'm not capable of any of that. And sometimes it can be good to lean on your peers and your family and friends in that case, just to get some reassurance um I know for me that was something I should have leaned on sooner and I didn't um but if that's not the case and some people you know may not have you know that support group but they're you know always come back to the true you and it's funny you know there while you know things are all okay now and before they got okay there was definitely a time where it was gotten re it got really, really bad and I got really, really upset. And it was in around the time that I had made the decision to go on antidepressants. And it was in that time I felt like I was faced with a choice in my mind that I was gonna give up all my life savings. So you know, me and Jamie were saving for a deposit of a house and I was just gonna give away that money for this to go away. And there was a huge young part that came up with me because I would have experienced you know at times growing up I was bullied in school would have been a bit of a pushover still kind of am a bit of a pushover (laughs) it's just my nature I'm just a big softy and and I think it came up that I got to a point where I got so depressed and so sad but there was a a a huge part of me that was like you're not giving up on this you are not gonna have these people push you over you will not be manipulated you will not be gaslit you're gonna stand strong on this and it was actually a very young part coming up for me being like no 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 you've you've people have took advantage of you before you've been you know bullied in school before and it was a choice that I made then and I remember speaking to Jamie about it being like I really want this to go away because I'm like I feel like I'm going to a point of no return with it in terms of my headspace mm-hmm. But when I think about it, Jamie, I feel sick to my stomach if I just let this go. I feel like it's like a short term fix for my mental health. But in long term, it wouldn't sit with me. Right. So I just kind of made that choice that I was just going to stick at it until, you know, eventually it would be all over. And thankfully it is all over now. And I was we were all quite happy with the outcome and it's done. And, you know, it's behind me still healing from it but it's definitely behind me and you know even on that for anyone who may be going you know through something and they're feeling very vulnerable and they're not feeling very strong like I always say you know don't let anyone 
push you over and if you feel you know that gut feeling your truth always come back to your truth come back to your why and you know be strong and you know your truth and your peace and if you feel like you know you've something to say and you can stand over and stand by absolutely do don't let you know some anxious you know thoughts or feelings you know come in and take that away from you and I know it took me a while to feel that way but I'm so happy I did stand with that um but yeah that protective part of you came to the surface yeah that big protective part yeah which I didn't know was there (laughs) (laughs) so you go to the doctor you start medication was it this quick fix that really changed things for you within a couple of days or what was that you know I suppose the the healing process like um yeah like I mean they definitely helped for sure they definitely got me out of a hole that I was in it's almost like they these tablets threw the rope down and I was able to you know kind of climb back up slowly um they did help um I definitely felt kind of numb on them at times because but then I feel like I was just like going through like the whole healing process of it all and uh, towards the end of last year um was so lovely Jamie actually asked me to marry him and while it was such a gorgeous romantic exciting time on reflection I look back like that time was very short-lived um because I was still healing. I was, the, the, you know, there was still a, a lot of outside outside noise going on. And, you know, even on reflection, I was bridesmaid for my best friend, you know, this time last year. And things were really, really bad this time last year. I felt like I wasn't really present. I wasn't really able to enjoy it. Mm. Although people might have thought I was having a good time. It was all these kind of big moments in my life that... I was there but I wasn't there I was like internally I was like struggling even at Jamie's brother's wedding or any there was so many big things that happened last year really exciting times I'm so I you know I was there and you know I was so happy for my friends and family but mentally like I was so not present I was still you know those times were so short-lived they were like I'd be very quick back into reality then where like there was so much noise going on and you know that negative self-talk would be coming in and out and it was just trying to manage and fight all that and just trying to stay on the right track of getting myself better again. And with all of the legal proceedings you Mm -hmm. had this dark cloud hanging over your life. Just like this massive dark cloud and I then began to realize that um, it, it affected me so physically like I would be physically unwell, like I'd have a constant upset tummy. I would have a constant, I actually began, I actually began to have this cough. I had a cough, I'd say for about five months, wouldn't go away. And then when I actually spoke to this like Reiki person, she was just like, that was all your uh, throat chakra. You weren't speaking your truth and you were, mm-hmm. you know, and it's actually, when you think about it, if you're anyway into the woo-woo, which I kind of am at times, it kind of relates so well I felt like it related so much because I felt like you know I kind of kept everything quite quiet and I felt like I had this this constant cough and sore throat because it was all like stuck here and mm. I'd have like these chest pains and you know I feel it just really affected me so physically 
And I think that was one thing when I look back throughout the journey that I was on and maybe people are listening, like, although you're going about your way, about your day from A to B and you can have all these physical things going on, it could be really good to check in with yourself and be like, why am I constantly having this headache or why am I constantly having a really upset tummy? Like stress has such a massive takes it has such a massive toll on the body and the stress I was so stressed that like the toll that it took on my physical health it was just it was just awful you know and some people can just try go about it and realize that like my body's actually telling me that I'm really really stressed and mm. um, so your mind your body was telling you and also your mind is telling you yeah yeah you're body and really mind yeah, yeah that you are just in a ditch here Nevo you need to you need to kind of sort yourself out and and that's the thing isn't it I always think when somebody is experiencing really low mood it's mm. for a reason yeah. something is happening yeah something is happening something it's is a happening symptom yeah of yeah. something that needs to change or that you're not living authentically mm-hmm. or you're not allowing yourself to to do yeah. enough of yeah you know what lights you up I totally agree with you like your body and you really need to and I just didn't and I and I am now I ha, I do now and I am now but like your body is absolutely there's something if the, your body's reacting to something do you know whether it be a thought or a trigger from before and I now know in you know the situations that I was when I was talking about previous triggers that I had that mm. I'm aware of like, you know other triggers and things that like might come up for me and um I have a whole self-awareness now just with doing therapy and how I respond to things rather than like reacting and um all that kind of stuff but yeah it's been it's been a journey for sure um you've talked about therapy you've mm. talked about medication mm. what else helped you to come back to yourself I guess I'm so blessed with a supportive boyfriend and family and incredible friends They have been, honestly, my anchor throughout this process. And I actually feel like I'm in death to all of them with the amount of love. And it's just so nice to have a group of people who just know the true you and they could see that that spark was gone. And it's actually really quite nice now because we were at a festival recently and it was a festival called All Together Now and I would have been there this time last year working at it and we were there again with all the same group of people and I just never felt so loved and felt so supported because all my friends were championing how, how good I was feeling. They were like, she's back. The sparkle in her eye, the giddy Neve, mm. the fun, carefree, loving Neve is back and even I was at a baby shower um, on Sunday and it was in and around July last year and there was people there that I wouldn't have seen from that baby shower and, and a year later and they also said the same thing and I got a little bit emotional just for how they can you know acknowledge and champion like how far I've come um, and that's why I'm you know I'm so delighted to come on here and share my story because a lot of people I'm sure who might listen to this for the first time who you know may follow me on Instagram and maybe didn't follow me enough to know you know my story because definitely there was a time on Instagram that I'd be just putting up 
I wasn't putting up that I was sad. Like people kind of had an idea, but I wasn't as honest and I was just putting up that I was either going out or doing different things. And, you know, you can really, you can, you can't really judge a book by its cover kind of thing. And you never really know what's going on behind closed doors. And and that's so true for all of us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like we can be presenting ourselves in a certain way to the world. Like everything's fine and Mm -hmm. we're going about our life. Yeah. But yeah, behind closed doors, we're feeling really fragile and really worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Really hopeless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to think that for anyone who's putting on a brave face and they're at home and they're kind of struggling to, you know, you know, don't worry, like everything will be okay. And the people who may think that they're living their best lives could actually not be. And I always think my biggest takeaway on this journey is just like always meet everyone with a kind heart because you just kind of don't know what anyone's going through and and thanks to all the girls who have actually come up to me recently I had a lovely girl come up to me in the street being like it's so nice to see you back to yourself and then to the girls who would have came up to me last year being like oh god you just don't seem yourself but you know mind yourself and I think there's just so much to be said for those kind words and they don't cost anything you know if you see someone and you you know may not know them that well or you know it just takes nothing to say something kind and you know you just never really know what anyone's going through and I just think it's so important just to be kind and be nice and if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for sharing yourself so openly because I know that there will be many people who Mm. have been in that dark hole sitting alone in their bedroom feeling like they don't have the energy or the capability to even leave the house Mm. or to shower or to Mm. to work I know and just to say as well I'm not 100% there and I don't want to put on this fake thing that you know I'm still on a healing journey and I think I'll be on a healing journey for a little while and I'm okay with that and I'm you don't just bounce back I'm still I'm not I haven't even bounced back I'm definitely getting there mm. but I, I don't know when I'll be 100% back maybe I won't be maybe that's just the way life is and you know sometimes you know life can just hit you with storms but you know just keep sailing through them and you know know that you're supported know that you'll be okay and you know life's too short just keep going just always keep going anyone who has experienced depression will know how incredibly debilitating it is the hopelessness the helplessness the worthlessness the despair the insomnia the constant bone aching tiredness and feeling so low and so despondent and the worst part feeling like you will be in this dark hole forever It's excruciating, it's soul-destroying, and it's a very, very lonely place to be. I think what makes it worse is that the ways out of depression feel so out of reach when you're in that dark hole. Exercise? How do you expect me to exercise when I can't even get out of bed? Connect with loved ones? How do I do that when I can't even shower and the thought of seeing someone and sharing how I'm feeling fills me with absolute dread? Mindfulness? You've got to be kidding me. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts right now. I feel so worthless and so hopeless and in the darkest bubble of my life, there's no way I'm practicing mindfulness. So what can you do? That's a good question, a really good question. And the answer I always give is to start with your GP. Go for a chat. Tell them how you feel. Talk it over with them. 
and talk to them about your treatment options. Treatment options don't always mean medication, by the way. You won't know until you go and have that conversation. So make the appointment, see it as your first step and go from there. Things will start to feel easier from that step, I promise. I say to take the first step because so often we wait. I might feel better in a week or two. I'll suffer on for another little while. Things might start to feel easier soon. But actually, they probably won't. Not unless you take the first step to feeling better, to seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, or to go back to our analogy, the light at the end of the dark hole. So if you're in that dark hole right now, or if someone you love is, take the first step to get help and to feeling better, or help your loved one to take that step as you walk it alongside them. Awareness of why you are feeling the way you are feeling is also incredibly helpful. I'll share with you now a really helpful exercise you can complete to help you with this. It's one I use with my clients in therapy that is really impactful for them. And I'll share a worksheet to help you with this exercise in the show notes of today's episode. Okay, so let's start. When it comes to experiencing low mood, there can be many contributing factors. Things like your age, genetics, traumatic experiences, medications you may be on, conflict you may be experiencing, the death or loss of someone or something important to you, having to suppress yourself in some way, a major life change or substance abuse. When it comes to today's exercise, the first step is to reflect on four key life experiences that have shaped you and characterised your journey to today. To give you an example, for me, being given up for adoption is without doubt one of the defining moments of my life, as is the death of my father. So what are the four key life experiences that have shaped your journey and your life to here? This is part one of our exercise and one that's really worth considering. If you would like to do part one now, before moving on to part two, pause here, grab a piece of paper and a pen and begin now before returning for part two. For the second part of our exercise, I invite you to reflect on four experiences or key factors that have shaped your depression story. What might help with this is to consider where your experience with depression or low mood started, or perhaps what triggered it. Consider too how your depression story has evolved and some realisations you've had along the way. Add as much richness as you can here. The more pieces of the puzzle you can pull together, the better. If you are completing this exercise in real time, pause here to consider and note all of the above. Take as long as you need. There is no rush. Part three of our exercise is to track all eight of the experiences you have noted along your life timeline. So the four or more factors you flagged as part of your key life experiences and the four or more factors you flagged as part of your depression story. To do this, plot out a timeline from when you were born up to now marking along the way these eight or more significant points of your life. This will likely be a very impactful and eye-opening exercise for you, so take your time with this and be gentle with yourself. This work is hard but so incredibly worthwhile. Pause here to complete this step now if you are working as we go. The final part of our exercise, if you feel up to it, is to plot on your life timeline four changes you want to see in your life or four goals that feel really important to you. Spend time really considering these hopes and aspirations. Make sure they feel meaningful to you and that they aren't impacted by external pressures. 
Once you've decided you've made the right choices and have made a note of them, I invite you to select one and to make a step-by-step plan for how you can start to bring this goal or this dream to life. This aspiration might be to start to feel better in yourself or to take the first step in booking in to see your GP, or it may be something completely different and hugely ambitious. There is no right or wrong here, just something that feels important and meaningful to you. Let your inner wisdom guide you with this. The sky is the limit. Once you have completed this exercise, I encourage you to keep it to look back on if this feels like the right thing to do. On these pages, you will have such rich information. So if you think it will be helpful for you to save them, do. You could also bring these pages to your GP or your therapist and talk through them or indeed to your partner or a loved one to help them really understand how you're feeling and what has shaped you into the person you are today. I really hope this exercise brings you clarity. Don't forget to access the worksheets in the show notes along with some other resources I've collated for you. I hope they help. Thank you so much for listening to Unspoken with me, Dr. Clodagh Campbell, the wellness psychologist. Be sure to like, subscribe and follow me at The Wellness Psychologist on Instagram if you'd like to hear more. If you identified with this topic, make sure to check out the show notes where I've listed related resources for you. I hope you find them beneficial. Today's podcast is very proudly sponsored by my absolute favourite Irish skincare brand, Ella and Joe Cosmetics. With formulas that are powered by plants and backed by science, Ella and Joe are dedicated to creating high quality, luxurious skincare products that actually deliver results and that create magic moments in your day. Whether your skin is dry, dull, or just in need of a pick-me-up, the Ella and Joe range will put the joy back into your skincare routine. Find your skin confidence again by shopping Ella and Joe's beautiful products on ellaandjoe.ie using discount code UNSPOKEN for 15% off. Thank you.